Hello, I'm Mr. Jim Moon from Hypnagoria.com and you're listening to An Apotheosis of a Bombast. Hello everyone and welcome to An Apotheosis of a Bombast, episode 67. I am your wonderful host, Eltima Manus. And joining us after our daylight saving break, which we didn't really mean to have, is Scott Copperman, all the way over in the USA. How are you, Scott? I'm, I'm good, but I guess I'm the not-so-wonderful host, since you're the oh-so-wonderful host. Um, I'm the other guy. Yeah, let's keep it like that. That's good for me. I'm quite <laughs> happy with that. <laughs> so how are you, anyway, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. I, I have a bit of a dilemma. Um compounded by the fact that the holidays are coming but in, in my local toy stores having a, a sale where I can get at a pretty good price either the new Call of Duty game, Black <gasps> Ops yeah, for about two thirds price or Halo Reach and uh, I, um, I, I know many people say get both but that's not happening <clears throat> I, I need to decide one and uh, I don't know which one to go with. I do have Modern Warfare 2 already, but I don't have any of the Halo games. I've never played them. Ah, uh, see, I'm... See, Halo came out with the Xbox, the original Xbox anyway, so whoever stuck with the Xbox would have just been Halo, 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 I'd imagine. Um, I'm, I'm not an Xbox boy or toy at, mm. at all, even though I've got one now. Um, I, I would say... <laughs> see, I... Yeah, from my point of view, I'm going to go Black Ops anyway. I'm not even going to bother with Halo. Yeah, the little bit of Halo gameplay I've seen, kind of looking at YouTube videos and stuff, it's similar, but it it lacks an element of realism. And once you start getting into ray guns and and zappy things, then you start to defy the laws of physics. And uh, it reminds me of games I used to play a real long time ago. And you'd get an achievement, and eventually you'd get like a smart missile that you could aim, or kind of the equivalent of a curveball. <laughs> right, okay. So now you can shoot around corners or ricochet bullets and things like that. And I was like, oh, you know, that's, that changes the whole game. I think that. You can't hide behind something and be safe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's different. I think they might be in the Call of Duty as well, to be honest. These funny little rockets. Yeah, but I, I think. Like fundamentally, it's it's still a it it follows physics is a little more than when you start getting like uh, ray guns and and uh, you know, curvy lasers and. Hmm. Do you ever see when a, a game like this comes out and they've got their own special light sword? Do you ever think, oh, that's their version of the lightsaber? Because yes. I always do. Yeah. There was a, a TV show. Thundar the Barbarian, an old cartoon with Ukla the Mock. He was, uh, was like a, a barbarian guy, and then this big Wookiee kind of sidekick, and then a like he was dumb and and he manish. Yeah. And there was the big Wookiee thing that didn't talk. Then there was like a, a woman who was like a princess sorceress. She was the brains. And it, you might remember that like the moon was split in two. A meteor had come between the Earth and the moon. And it had destroyed the moon and destroyed civilization, and so this was a post-apocalyptic cartoon. Wow! But he had a, a 
thunder sword, which was basically a lightsaber. A thunder sword. <laughs> like he just had the hilt. It was on like on his wrist, I think, and he pulled it off and. Yeah. That's bad. Now I'm gonna be going for uh, the Black Ops. I'm not too sure when though. There, there's so many deals out at the moment. There was yeah. apparently one with if you buy a certain amount of pounds of shopping at this store, then you can get it for 25 quid. And I was thinking, oh okay, I might pop down there. Got home, asked Amanda, okay, <laughs> do we need any shopping at all, dear? And she's like, yeah, I've been today. God. Okay, fine, I'll have to wait until maybe next week. But, I don't know, I don't like buying stuff like that too close to Christmas. Only because I get in trouble. Mm-hmm. I'll buy something that someone wants to buy me, and then there's this all hell to pay, and, oh, oh, so you bought that. Oh, okay, never mind, I'll get you something else. And, you know, I, I don't need that, Jib, to be honest. Um, I am going to go for the Black Ops. I'm not really a Halo fan at all, and... Like you say, it, people bounding around, defying gravity is is fun for um, ten minutes, I suppose, and then I, I just like the dirty, gritty thing that uh, Black Ops is. Yeah, and I'm also I'm I'm not a big fan of the games. The the, the two multi uh, the the two Modern Warfare games. I don't play the actual game itself. I've tried to, and it's just too much. Run to this position, shoot. Run to this position, shoot. Run to this position, shoot some more. And it just gets dull and boring. And I like the the multiplayer side of things. It's a lot more fun, a lot more immense, and I can play that for a year, and that'll sort me out. My daughter has um, a Wizards of Waverly Place game for her little handheld, but it's for the DS. And uh, she hasn't been playing it for a while, and you know, I was asking her, my son what the deal was and I was asking her and it turns out she's been stuck and so she just quit on the game and it's it's very restricted in that she what happened she had done something where uh, a science project broke into five pieces and until you find all five pieces and turn them in you're stuck and she couldn't find the fifth piece Mm -hmm. and uh, you can kind of explore because you're stuck there but it's not, it's not fun when it's that way, and it's it's so rigid that game. Um, but and it's it's a cheap kind of basic game, but I I don't like that when there's games where, um, there's no uniqueness to the experience. So, mm-hmm. like what she actually said she did is she got stuck, so she turned it off, reset it, and went through all the same process, had all the same experiences, and got stuck at the same point again where, um. With some games, sometimes you go in the woods, you encounter a creature, you back out. You go, like yeah. Zork. And we might have talked about Zork once before. But Zork had um, a thief. And the big thing about Zork was you could kill the thief. That was like the secret thing about Zork, among many things. But like, if you were lucky and you hit him in just the right spot of, of the dungeon and you had the right supplies, you might be able to actually win a one on one battle with him. Cool. But when. When you went down, even though the the maze was the same, and things were generally always hidden in the same spots, you would have you might stumble on the troll, you might not, you might stumble on the thief, you might not. You know, there were things that kind of made it a little more unique, and uh, that's one thing about like Call of Duty and these things so that you can do the online play. It does make it more unique and yeah, and a lot See, more fun. 
one game that took it really unique for me was uh, I'm a huge fan of Metal Gear Solid. And there was a, a bit on Metal Gear Solid 3 uh, Snake Eater where you had to, you had to have a, a, sniping, uh, a sniping match with a, an old guy. And for the life of me, I could not kill this guy. I, I spent hours just trying to kill this guy and watch where he was sitting and sniping from me. And it was just so hard. And so I just turned it off. I left it for a month. And the clever thing about it is they knew that so many people would get stuck on that part. And when you go back to the game after a, a certain period of time, the old man has actually died of old age. And so you you don't have <laughs> to actually kill him. And if you go away long enough, it'll, yeah. it'll just... Oh, that's kind of cool. It was brilliant. And I, I remember, okay, right, I have to do this game because I, I love them. I've completed all of them apart from this new one that's out at the moment. And I thought, no, I've got to complete this. So I, I banged it back on, turned it on. Oh, he died of old age. Brilliant. Onward and upwards, I thought. So I I, I thought that was blinding. But are there any games that you used to play when you was younger? I, I don't know, like something that sticks with you now. And even now, if you get a taste of it, it's still the best game you've ever played. Uh, I, I'm addicted to a game called Pengo. Which is it's set up kind of like Pac-Man and those those other kind of games. It's it's a whole structure of ice blocks, and the penguin guy goes around and he pushes or breaks ice blocks to kind of crush little puffballs of monsters. Every time I see that, like I'll I'll sit and play to get the high score. Yeah. Anytime, anywhere. <laughs> that's but that's that's just a, a standard kind of arcade game. The old ones that you would spend hours on and get get kind of sucked back in. Uh. I, I wish I had a couple. I remember there was an old submarine game I had. I used to love to play. Mm-hmm. And you, um, so kind of like some of these modern ones where you go off on missions. I, I wish I could remember what it was called. It was like Red Wolf or something like that. It was, might have been. It was for the old Macintosh, the old square one that looked just like a microwave oven. Okay, yeah. And I, I just remember playing that. Forever. If I had that again, I would sit and play that. Even though there's fancier, cooler things. Mm. See, I, I'm obviously I'm addicted to Formula One games, but there was a a certain one out when I was at school. It was called uh, Jeff Crammon's uh, Formula One or Jeff Crammon's Grand Prix. Sorry, and for me, it was a it was a proper simulation, and it was it was just perfect. The graphics were not perfect. I used to play this on my Amiga Five Hundred. And mm-hmm. it it ran quite slow. It ran, let's put it like that, and it worked. You couldn't have an amazing amount of detail on there, and there weren't any sponsors on the cards or anything like that. It was very big square polygons, left, right, and center, and wheels made out of polygons. And the gameplay was just so addictive. Mm-hmm. I just spent hours and hours playing full-length races just in my bedroom on my own, just playing these things. The and, uh, Amiga, the Amiga stuff used to be ahead of its time with all the, the graphics capability. The big thing was that none of the games were had licenses really. So no. there was an American football game that was actually a pretty good game for its time, but all the teams were. It wasn't New York Jets. It was New Jersey. It wasn't San Diego. It was like uh, Santa Clara. It was like. Yeah, like everything was askew a little bit, and uh, I can imagine same thing with with the racing thing. Because I we had a Amiga five hundred and an Amiga twenty five hundred, 
and I think I might have had Wolfenstein for that. Uh, no, I had Wolfenstein for an old PC back when PC, PC Junior time, when, when everything still ran DOS. But I think I did have Is it. Is that like an, an IBM one? Yeah, it's IBM before before everything was mouse-driven. Yeah. Um, so I had Castle Wolfenstein on that. And I think I did have a couple of games for the um, Amigas, but they, they all were like what you'd consider knockoffs. Like, they were just like something that you had seen before or on another system or in the arcade. Looked really cool, but just not it. Like, uh, I always yeah. call them, like, grandma presents, like, like a little girl will like uh, strawberry shortcake, and a grandma goes somewhere and she accidentally buys like blueberry bonnie. Oh yeah, grandma, that's not strawberry shortcake. <laughs> you you got fooled by the man. <laughs> yeah, it'd be called Pokemon instead of Pac-Man, and yeah. very very similar, very similar level layout, just a different color. Yep, the music would be almost the same, but so that they didn't get sued, it was. Like, no, no, that's not right. <laughs> oh, reminiscing. Yeah, I, I can still play that game now. I've got it. Um, what have I got? I've got Boxer, which is uh, an MS DOS, very small window uh, program that runs the the game on my uh, like an emulator. Yeah, yeah, very similar to that. And I, I can still sit there, even though the graphics are so piss poor compared to anything else I can play at the moment. I just, oh yeah. No, now just, everything's crazy. Yeah, I still dive into it now. It's brilliant. You, you were talking about the sniper things. I was just thinking the other day I was watching for about the fourth time a movie called uh, Enemy at the Gates. Have you ever seen oh, that? Oh yeah, I love that game. Uh, it's, it's got I Rachel th- Vice in it as well. Yeah, it's it's a movie I never think about until it's on, but I always enjoy watching it. It's, if you I'm, can catch I'm still it, thinking it's a recommended of... film. Still thinking of Rachel Vice. Mm. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love that movie. Although I, I don't think I can watch it too many times in quick succession. Though I think you have to leave it a couple of years to actually watch it again. Yeah, and there's definitely a suspense element that's gone once you've seen it or or remember the movie. Yeah, that's right. Ah, oh, cool, cool movie. Oh, so there's a movie though that it always reminds me of, and I don't know if you've seen it. It's uh. Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey in Reign of Fire. It's another Is that the dragon one? Yes, yeah, the dragon one. Yeah. And I th- it might even be the same place where they film the uh, finale of Reign of Fire. But that's that's why I always picture, maybe because it's partly the same snipery kind of effect. I think they're trying to like get the dragon right in the mouth and do something to it. But um, the end of that movie always reminds me of the end of the other until the dragon explodes then it's, it's a little bit different then <laughs> until the big dragon turns up and uh, yeah. explodes everywhere well um talk, talking about uh games trying to take off other games and imitations uh in the news i don't know if you know there was a a big jesus finally finished off in poland have you seen the pictures of this i i've yes and all i can think of is from i think it's from the movie dogma the, right, uh, Jesus with the thumbs up kind of pose. You ever see that? Like thumbs up Jesus, they call him. I can't remember that now. Oh, it's been years since I saw. I think I got bored of that movie and turned it off. Oh, I like that movie. That's one of the the Kevin Smith movies I like best. Right. 
let's see. Thumbs up. It might not be from there, but thumbs up, Jesus. Yeah. Well, this this Jesus is supposed to be taking over from the one in Rio, uh, Christ the Redeemer. Um, now that they've stuck this up, it weighs God knows how many tons. I think the top half of him just weighs thirty tons. They had to get a new crane in just to lift his uh, his torso and shoulders onto his body, but it just looks cheap and nasty. It just looks horrible. Now you've got Christ the Redeemer with his arms outstretched, palms up, and in a nice flowing gown, which I'd imagine he would be, you know, for all intents and purposes of how Jesus would look. That's what I would think. This one in Poland, he's got a nice, nice beard, nice long hair, and a big cape. He's got no hips. He looks a bit wonky as well. He, his big body J just on the looks chest. a bit... He's a Bruce Tim uh, version. He, he looks like Aragon out of the um, Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. And he's got a big Christmas party hat on top of his head. This big gold crown on his head. And he just looks... No, no, that's not what he's supposed to look like. He never Someone sit like there that. and say, wait a minute, this looks an awful lot like your brother, Mr. Sculptor. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing? It looks pathetic. It look honestly, his crown looks like a party hat out of a cracker. <laughs> it's terrible. I wonder what happened. Did someone sit there and just show up one day at, in uh, church and say, "I, I have a message from God. I've been told that you should commission me to replace that other statue." Well, yeah, the, this person, uh, I think the bloke who actually designed it, I think it was actually a. A message from God or a message from Jesus to actually build it. You know the the whole idea of like large statues. You know, the, all I can think of after that is them being toppled down. Whether it's in like Futurama, where Bender has like a giant statue of him made, or mm. the uh, like the Stalin things getting pulled down and Saddam Hussein getting his statue torn down and stuff. It's just even even in the movies. Uh, you know, the big statues over the streets of Gibraltar and stuff getting torn down. <laughs> like, I, just, I would just picture the statues falling all the time. So yeah. Well, I'm a big this, fan of giant statues. If this lands on anyone, it's it's a message from God, isn't it? If you get killed by a big statue of Jesus, someone's going to turn around and say, it was a message from God. He was meant to die underneath this 40-foot big statue. I found the part you were talking about here. Uh... Mr. Zawadki said, I've never been so happy as I am today. I felt like I've been called by Jesus to build a statue. This is the culmination of my life's work as a priest. I feel inspired to fulfill Jesus' will. And today, I give thanks to him for allowing me to fulfill his will. Mm. If it gets struck by lightning and gets like a scar or something on it, how do you interpret that? Like Jesus is saying all all, uh, representations of him should now carry that scar? Well, yeah, that would be like the Sphinx losing its nose. Yeah. It does remind me of, of um, I don't know if you've seen the, the new Justice League cartoons or the Batman cartoons where they have tiny skinny little legs and then a big barrel chest and mm. like their torso is like a big triangle <laughs> as opposed yeah. to to a stick figure and he, he looks like an action figure. Yeah, he's got no hips at all, has he? He's just a... a Lanky streak of piss, really, isn't he? Sorry, Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord. But, you know, you are looking a bit 
waverly, I suppose. Poor fella. So Hang on. It's about 40 meters tall. It's not that tall either. I mean, it's big, but not. Well, they've they've built it just big enough to be the biggest statue of Jesus ever. As you have to. I think there's two others around the world, and it's taller than the one in Rio, and taller than the other one that has just been built. So The statue will be a total of 58 meters high from the base, and 24 meters wide at the arms. Yeah, not that I would wish anything to happen, but I'm surprised there haven't been threats of terrorism and stuff against it. As just here's a symbol of a religion that other religions can't stand. Yeah. Oh well. Well, from the mythical and and religious, we should turn to science now. And yeah, go on. Talk about the time traveler. Oh yes, I love this pro uh, this story that you posted up there. Yeah. So I I had just poking around found an article that a time traveler was spied in a 1928 uh, film, Charlie Chaplin film. So the, this film documentary maker, I don't know, independent filmmaker who I was listening to his pitch about his other works. I could see what well, one of our fans was saying that what a coincidence it's on the 20th of the 10th month in the year 2010 that this is being brought up. But, um, for whatever reason, he, he's looking at these videos of Chaplin film, and he finds what looks like a woman talking on a modern-day cell phone. Mm. And uh, it's not a big story. You had asked uh, on Facebook whether it was a big story in the U.S., and it's not. It's These kind of things definitely get blown off. You get an odd 10 minutes worth of news, and then it it kind of goes, goes away, unless... Unless someone really important decides they're going to give it some time and energy, and that just hasn't happened. But yeah, it is interesting, and I guess uh, the the official story seems to be it's a hearing aid, a Siemens hearing aid. Yeah, I've heard about this. Now, should we set the scene first? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Th- there's um, it's off the the movie The Circus. I think it's the one of the DVD extras. And there's a man walking behind what looks like a a zebra. And uh, this other woman walks behind him. And it is said to be a woman. She's got really big feet, though, for a woman. And She calls her a manly woman. A man in drag, he said. I'm not too sure what it is, but it looks like he's on a mobile phone or she's on a mobile phone. And now, obviously, in 1920s, 1930s, wherever this is, they're not going to have mobile phones, and this is why the guys turn around and say, "Okay, what is this? Why why is he holding it like a mobile phone? And you know, who the hell is he talking to?" That's that was my first question. Okay, you're a time traveler. Who are you speaking to? Although a time phone would be wicked, wouldn't it? Speaking mm-hmm. through many years. Hi, I'm in the 1920s, but his argument is. The way that this lady is holding this contraption to her ear and speaking into it, it's almost like a mobile phone. Now, the way that he describes the lady holding it, it's more the fingers go around the phone and more more or less grasp the actual phone to her ear. I don't hold my phone like that at all. My my phone sits in my hand and fingertips hold it. It's I don't more think like holding a hairbrush. Yeah. It is, and there's lots of ideas of 
what this contraption could be. It could be a, a portable radio. It could be a hearing aid device. Okay, who's this person talking to? But there's also a mystery on the film. As it pans around, this person disappears. I think it goes in between two frames, like flashing between scenes. But this person actually disappears. I don't know if you've seen that part at all. Uh, yes, but I, I think that's just the desire. You think that is, yeah? Yeah. See, I think the person actually fades away quicker than the background stuff that was there anyway. I don't know. It, I don't know. <laughs> I like to think that it is a time traveller. That would be wicked. It's. It did bring up a couple more uh, mentions of things with our friend, uh, friend of the show and host of the Starbase 66, or co-host of the Starbase 66 podcast, uh, Kennedy, posted some other links in, on the Facebook page of other time travelers supposedly spotted. And you really can get off on like a whole chain of check this out, check this out, check this out. Mm. They almost always show that with a little bit of digging, oh yes, that shirt did exist, and those sunglasses look modern, but they're actually... You know, there there are all these pieces were in place at the time, and it's just a perfect storm of of stuff being found. And it, it's neat. I mean, I did start digging around, and then there's I guess there's a story of someone who showed up in 2003, claiming to be from the future, and then disappeared. Um, a man named John Titor, T-I-T-O-R. Right. And uh, there's a whole Wikipedia page about the claims he made, and you know, how they turned out not to be true. And... That's but I don't brilliant. know, does that mean it's it's because he shared the knowledge and therefore it's been corrupted? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just love these. I just love time travel anyway. I'm a big fan of it. If it's done right. If it's done wrong, then it just looks crap in movies or TV programs or anything. But if someone walked up to you and said, oh, yeah, I'm from the future, you'd look at them and go, okay. Okay, um, and you wouldn't know what to do with it. You, mm-hmm. Do you believe how? How do you prove that sort of thing? Yeah. It's it's really hard. But there's also theories that time travel is, isn't possible until we actually invent the means to travel in time. And so you can only travel a bit like a, a teleportation device, but through time. Mm-hmm. So you need a, a transmitter and a receiver. If you haven't built the receiver, then you cannot receive the transmission. And so anyone in the future, the future people are waiting for us to build it, or already know that we've built it at this certain point in time. We're just waiting to catch up on that timeline to the point where we actually build it, and then we can receive people from the future back to where we are now, unless they've already done that. But you wouldn't be able to travel back down to the dinosaurs to see them, yeah. because the dinosaurs haven't built a receiver yet. Which I I kind of like that idea. It gives it more of a, a plausible, okay, well, we're just waiting until we build, build our receiver to receive anyone. See, I, I think that if there's ever anything like that, it'll be something similar to like a teleporting machine where you will be completely decomposed and reformed in an alternate setting, time, whatever. You know, you're... You want to travel to the future, okay, you are digitally encased in something mm-hmm. and then reformulated in this other time. But 
I, there's something about that. They get thinking of the the Star Trek transporters and stuff that it's not. I don't. It's, there's something philosophical about it that it's not you anymore. You like you've been like in Tron. You know, you you get vaporized, absorbed, and scanned into the machine. Yeah. And then re-ejected out of the machine. Well, you're you're a copy of a copy of a copy. <laughs> in the end, it's kind of, I don't know. It's like when when Kirk and Spock transport down from the Enterprise, you've been replaced with a copy in my head. I, I have a hard time reconciling. That's not traveling to me. That's being decomposed and reformed. See. Yeah, but with that, they have to have... The way I've seen about this Star Trek malarkey, you have someone, let's let's say, defragged into millions and millions of tiny little atoms. Mm-hmm. And then, then them atoms are sent to another place to be constructed again. So it is you in that place. Yeah, now, reassembled, if, but... Yeah. If, if you'd been disassembled in one place and destroyed... But a copy of that is sent somewhere, and then the elements from that position there were used to create that copy. Then that is the copy of you. You are not that copy. Yes, I see what you mean. That it's it's a matter of storing the data versus transmitting it like an attach email attachment. Mm. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just still. The, I I picture well. I picture many ethical implications coming. From, from a kind of teleportation technology at some point, because, I mean, let's say you teleport somewhere and a, a, a copy of you is, of the data is saved. You know, there's a record. Oh, yeah, bit 331777, that whole chain was transmitted yeah. on this date, and someone decides they're going to retransmit it. Can they so you reproduce could, you? Yeah. Yeah, so they could clone you straight away. Yeah. Hmm. Because they do have, I've read that they do have kind of a teleporting base, 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 base concept model and work, like an orange or something, or it might even be just light beams that they're, tele- like photons they're teleporting from place to place. Yeah, the, uh, didn't they um, teleport a, a photon or something of that yeah. ilk from one place to another place, and it turned up almost instantaneously? Yeah. Well, the phot- I think they've, they've time-traveled elements, like atomic elements, yeah, but I, I think there's been something larger that they've they've actually like a small piece of mass they've decomposed and reassembled. But well, hasn't a an astronaut already time traveled, which proves that it does actually exist? Now, the astronaut, I think he was on one of the on a space station going around the Earth, and you know, I'm yeah, they gonna... say that time travels, don't, you know, they lose a day or like yeah he's he's lost a, a certain millisecond or a second or whatever it is a very a, a fraction of time he's lost his time or gained it if someone's listening and they know what the hell I'm talking about then please let me know and set me straight but um yeah this astronaut has come back to earth and he's either either slightly behind or slightly ahead which proves that you can exist in two planes because he he has Let's say he's travelled back, or he's slowed down, and so he would still exist in our future, and so he has to be there to come back down, and so there has to be a past, a present, and a future, because he, he, as we know, exists in all three. 
Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I'm familiar with with what what you're saying. I've I've heard that and I've seen it documented in various ways like how the passage of time is different for them than it is for us. But there's something there's something though about it that and maybe it's just me because I'm more comfortable with kind of a linear sense and like with teleporting I'm more comfortable with the idea of you're passing through a shortcut as opposed to you blink from place to place mm. like more wormhole than than snap your fingers and reappear the idea of, of the astronaut time traveling the problem I have with that cognitively is that for, there's no point where the astronaut is not there. No. So like so if you're on you know, we're on Earth and we're watching with telescope for the entire let's say for a month, steady, locked on, the astronaut is there the entire time. Yes. When from the time they first get there to the time they come back. One month has passed for us, a different amount of time, less time has passed for them. Or more. Whatever. Let's say well Let's say less, because I think it's less. Time time passes faster for us on Earth. Because they yeah. say if an astronaut goes away and comes back, we'll all be dead and, and they would be still alive. So less time has passed for them, and yet there's they've been continuously present for the amount of time. So you want to say time is relative? Okay, I can. that's fine, but I don't consider that time travel because there has been no... There's no deviation in path. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's Imagine two parallel lines. We're on the left-hand line and the astronaut's on the right-hand line. And you shift them ever so slightly so they're out of sync. They, they were in sync, travelling nicely. He goes up in space and you just drag one back ever so slightly. Right, if he loses an hour in a month, which I know that's not the ratio, but let's say it is. Yeah. There's, there is no hour or fraction of an hour or instant where he is not there. No. So I, it can't, there, he is present for the entire span of 30 days. Therefore, I, I have an issue with calling that time travel. <laughs> um, it's, it, it just, which I'm sure someone with a scientific background can, pitch it to me that way but it doesn't it defies my perception of time travel yeah if the listeners do enjoy us talking absolute poppycock about time travel we did actually do an episode on rethinking loss about time travel it it does give a, a little way about lost but not too much uh if you're up to season five and not on to season six you'll be fine thumbs up to you but if you go back to episode 14 and it's titled time travel and you could listen to us waffle on there. Yeah. And we've talked about it in here in some select episodes as well. I love talking space. about time travel. I think it's brilliant. It's better than space. It's brilliant. <laughs> well, it's it's all abstract, too. So it's one of those things. I mean, I've seen various videos and Discovery Channel things where I, I understand the premise and how you, you can't rely on just ordinary three-dimensional thinking and, you know, distance from point A to point B kind of stuff. It's it's much more 
uh, convoluted than that. Mm. But I it just it I guess in my head it's it's something other than what I would intuitively define time travel to be. Yeah, blatant time travel is is traveling from 2010 to 1994. Yeah, walking through the Stargate and popping out in yeah <laughs> in 1940. Yeah. We're talking about other weird things. Um, does your missus ever change around the kitchen really quickly? So you walk in one day, you've been hard at work at home, and then all of a sudden you find either the, the cups are in a different cupboard or the plates are somewhere else or the the other condiments are somewhere else and the orange juice is in a cupboard where the washing-up liquid used to be. And, oh, it just drives me potty. I, I need to find some sympathy in someone that goes through this pain. It's horrible. And you, you feel stupid. You walk in and go, okay, open the cupboard, and there's Weetabix. And what you really wanted was a drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, um, it, where's the drinks? And, and it oh, wasn't there an, an hour ago when yeah. you were in there getting the last drink. Yeah, somehow it skipped across the room, and it drives me potty, so there must be someone else out there that suffers like this. It is suffering, and ladies, you are killing your men. We do have many battles of, you know, what what has a spot and what doesn't. You know, there are things in my head that, you know, the spatula should go here, the knife should go there, and then depending on who's cleaned up various rooms or kitchens and stuff, it's like, this is not how did this get over here? I just put them <laughs> over there yesterday, and then I'll leave, and she'll put it where she thinks she goes. And it's like keys as well. You put your keys down. Okay, I know where my keys are. And thirty seconds later, oh, I need my keys. Um, where are my keys? They were there just a minute ago. Oh, I've moved them. I've put them over here. Okay, I didn't know that. Why didn't you tell me? Oh, yes. Well, Mary, Marianne is uh, like I'll, I'll take things and I'll make piles of i'll go through things i have a pile of stuff that's important stuff to go somewhere else and and then she consolidates and creates a pile for things to go through later it's like oh, i just did that <laughs> that's my pile where i had where's the stuff i had here oh it's in that pile oh see Great. more proof that girls are rubbish and boys that's are right. best <laughs> well did, did you have anything else i had uh i have a site we can close with if you like okay right i'll, I'll just run through uh Two stories very quickly. There was a man speared with 13 metal rods. Uh, a Chinese man is recovering after he was impaled by an astonishing 13 metal rods in an accident in a concrete factory. Wang To, or Wang Taiyo, 24, from Xi'an in western China, had been making steel reinforced concrete blocks from the building trade when a mould exploded, sending rods into his thigh and hip like spears. Ah, some of the rods were so long that workmen had to cut them off with an angle grinder so a tyre could be fitted into the ambulance. Oh, that is gross. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a picture of um, surgeons actually working on him with these rods hanging out. It's very much like the the lady. Do you remember Superman 3 when the lady gets dragged into the supercomputer and all the wires go go all over her and turn her into mm-hmm. the robot. It's very much like that, but on a bit of a more gross scale, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And did, Superman 3, didn't you ever want that computer game? You know when Superman's flying through the Grand Canyon and moving up and down, and mm. the rockets are flying towards him? I always wanted that game, <laughs> but never could find it. <laughs> oh, see? 
going back onto the computer games. So if, if anyone knows where I can get the Superman game where you can fire rockets at him, then let me know. And uh, another story. Let me send you this movie through. I'm hoping you've seen this. This is this has hit the internet this morning, and I've got to give a shout. Oh, I'm going to give a shout, Christ. I've got to pay homage to uh, Shane off the greatest events in sporting history podcast, who actually put this on Twitter, and I found it from him. Mm-hmm. And now everyone's going mad about it. It's got three million, three and a half million hits on this video. Oh yeah, I have seen this video. It's been everywhere today, but I haven't actually watched it yet. Go and have a watch of it then. <laughs> Now, who thought that up? Well, just for the listeners that haven't seen it yet, it's um, it's college football, isn't it? It's no, it's uh, little kids. It's like fourteen-year-olds. Uh, oh, is it? Okay, fair enough. And uh, obviously, there's. I'm, I'm going to sound really pathetic because I'm trying to describe American football here. So sorry, but here we go. Um, there's like a, a man, and he snaps the ball to this other kid, but he's walking, isn't he? He he just picks the ball up. Passes it back to, I'm assuming, the quarterback. I'm just saying American phrases yeah, the, that I don't the know. Center, the center, they line up like they're going to run a play. And then it as if all of a sudden the uh, quarterback decided, I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. He, he takes the ball from the center, which is a snap. But he's he's not, no one's doing anything footballish except he's standing there like he says, I'm just going to leave. And uh, they all watch him walk right by. Right through the defense, and all of a sudden he starts running to the end zone. It's brilliant. Now, would the defense be waiting for the? Obviously, you get the snap, and then once the snap goes, then everyone piles into each other, don't they? You get the offense bundling through the defense. Yeah, it's it's missing like the formal start to a play, so everyone's kind of, wait. What's is he quick? Is he just leaving? It's it's genius. <laughs> yeah, but it'll only work once. Yeah. Because, you know, if that happens again, you're just going to get pounded hard. Mm-hmm. Now, I wonder who, who gets credit for that. I mean, obviously, the kid had to sell it. The coach had to okay it and all. But it's, it sounds like they're making the quarterback out to be a hero. I don't think uh, he should deserve all the credit. He had to sell it, but it's it's the coach who came up with that and had the nerve to do it. Mm. Or, or could it just be the players just turning around and saying, look, guys, let's just go for this. <laughs> Let, let's see it work. It'll only work once, so let's do it. It could be that. Do you? Does that ever happen? Like a revolt against the coach at all? And you know, we're gonna yeah, do it our way. But this is too too organized. You know, it's uh, it it has the look of of having been planned. No one reacts at all, do they? No. I think if any one of the offense had reacted, then it would have been pile on city. The best part of it is the kid takes the ball and he starts walking like he's just going to go home. But you watch and you can tell now that you've seen it once, he's got this look of like, oh God, oh God, oh God, I hope it works, I hope it works, I hope it works. Don't look straight yeah. ahead. Don't don't make eye contact. Just walk. Well, the very first second, he's actually in communication with his coach. It looks like that anyway. Yeah, they're signaling something. But Yeah. And he, he just leans down and the... The guy snaps it towards him. And he, he does literally walk through. The, the defense stands up and goes, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> it's brilliant. Well done. Yeah, I like it. 
We'll put well, that on the show notes if you haven't seen it, or it'll be on the Facebook page as well. Definitely, yeah. So uh, that's all I got for you today, apart from an Asian man who disguised himself <laughs> in a, a weird plastic mask. But I'm not really bothered about that. Everyone's probably seen that by now. So, well, somewhat related, actually very related. The the link I have is actually a, a Facebook group. There's a, a football player on the Chargers. A rookie who had like a, a really good game last week, and his name is uh, Shei Ajira Tutu, and nobody can pronounce his name. So they've been doing all these things on the radio, of, like all these broadcasters butchering his name and and all stuff, and like he's good, so you're gonna have to learn his name. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Chargers put up a link of how to pronounce his name, and it's getting a lot of stuff. So for whatever reason, it had me in my head thinking of people who get all pissy when you pronounce their name wrong. So I, I forget what I typed in, but somehow I ended up with the Facebook group quote, why can't people pronounce my first slash last name? <laughs> and it's funny, it's a bunch of people with names and they're sitting there like my name is Mackenzie Coaches, not Cohiss or Crotch is. People call me or my mom Coach like Coach. But besides that, it's not that difficult. But it's going on. I I thought it was funny. Number one to read people freaking out, which I mean I understand. People call uh, my family Cooperman, and it's yeah. it's annoying at times. But I get annoyed when it's someone who should know better, like a kid's teacher or a coach, or someone who they've spent enough time that they should know what it is, or when it clearly comes across as being just a lack of effort, because mm-hmm. it's not like it's spelled differently. People. People go with it, I guess, because Cooper is a more common last name. Or, but um, and I then I get irritated if, if you get kind of like, <laughs> you know, all right, whatever. Like, no, not whatever. <laughs> Make sure it's spelled right on the form. Have like a little bit of respect and and try to, at least to my face, not just be like, yeah, whatever, whoever you are. Yeah, I've had this as well with my last name at school for years and years. I had a maths teacher who couldn't pronounce my last name. And for some reason, he, he used to put an R in my name. And every, every registration, we'd have, okay, Elder McManus, or he'd turn around and say, Elder McManus, and you'd hear my little squeaky balls-dropping voice go, McManus, sir! Uh, okay, and then the next lesson, he'd have McManus, and no, it's McManus. And I had that for two, three years with my maths teacher. And, oh, it just drives It's like he knew, and he knew how to wind me up. Mm-hmm. And and yet, he refused to change it, as if I was wrong. As if I don't know how to pronounce my own name. But he, he used to try and drill it into me. No, you pronounce your name McManus. No, I don't. McManus. No, McManus. Oh, God's sake. I mean, your, your name is pretty cut and dry. You know, uh, it's... But uh, we've exactly. seen these people... Like this one woman, Melissa Mach, and then her last name is U-F-E-R. So a lot of people are afraid to go, like, Ufer. Like, they're, they'll be real cautious. Of what the, so I can understand if they pronounce it a little bit differently. And she's upset that people get it wrong, that they go... I'll say her name, it's, yes. It's not Ufer. It's not Ufer. Okay. Yeah, Chelsea Hudgens. I hate when people call me Chelsea Instead of saying Chelsea, is it that hard, really? And then the Hudgens, Hudgens, not Huggins or 
Hogginskins or Hudgens. Farther down, there's someone who, a girl whose name is Kalisha, C-A-L-E-S-H-E-A. Kalisha Martford Breckenridge. <laughs> but she said, once I was called Chelsea. Well, that's because your name looks just like Chelsea. And it's an uncommon name. So if someone looks at it real fast, you know. Oh, yeah, I'll say it, yeah. It does look so, like, like Chelsea. At first glance, it's Chelsea. Now, here we know we're looking carefully, but like there's a girl, uh, Mon, Monshish, Monshika, M-O-N-S-I-C-H-A. At quick glance, Monica. Mm-hmm. M-O-N-I-C-A is what, uh, so I, what I, if she corrected me once, I would try to never make the mistake again. But to get all upset because someone... Monshika, well, how many times in your life have you seen that name before? Yeah. See, now she's put um, a pronunciation that is all phonetic of mon si cha. Now, is it si or si cha? Is it mon si cha or mon si cha? I've heard it pronounced monishka, monisha, monsika. Monsika. It's not, it's not, <laughs> yeah, it's not C-A, it's cha. <laughs> So mine wasn't even there. Mon- Monsicha? Monsica? I don't know. Let's just make fun of all these people that don't well, know Well, she how should to be pissed at her parents that they yeah. sat there and thought they'd be clever. I, we have neighbors down the street who are friends of ours. Their last name is B-I-R-E-N. When I first met them, I was introduced. They were the Birens. B-I-R-E-N. Biren. Yeah. And so that's... Unfortunately, before I knew him personally... I knew of him, and so, oh, yeah, that's the Beerens. Are you going to the Beerens? Did you talk to Greg? Yeah, Greg Beeren. But then I've heard him since correct other people or if, or say it like it's Byron. Yeah. I'm sure it's annoying to him, but at least he gets that it's understandable that someone's going to pronounce, pronounce it that way the first time. And, uh, I mean, nobody's doing it as, like, an insult. It's just not the way you intuitively read it. Yeah. See, I, I've gone up to people and asked them, okay, how do I pronounce this? And even about their kids. I know a, a couple of kids called Erin. And now it could be Erin or Erin. And there is a difference. And people, some people, not many, but some people do actually get a, a bit narked at that if you say their name wrong. Because it's, it's, their, it's their son or their daughter or you know, mm-hmm. you, you've got their name wrong. And when people write Kimmy's name down, if they get it wrong, then I'm like, oh, God, it's not that, it's this. But, yeah, I, I can understand it, but I am I have, in the past, and I will do in the future, gone up to people and say, okay, is it Erin, is it Erin, is it Richard, or do you like to be called Dick? I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm reading these comments from these people in this club. I feel bad, because I can understand it's, Annoying, but a whole, a whole bunch of them are. Uh, I mean, it's just not fair. Mm. <laughs> and and to them, <laughs> it's fair. so obvious. Well, I mean, like this guy, his last name is L U C O E, L U C O E, Luco. That's what I would think. He's like, try to pronounce my last name. I bet you can't. I've not heard anyone ever say it right, and it's not even that long or that hard. Well. Say it once, and I promise I'll get it right all the rest of the times. But it's a guess. Lucio? Lucoi? Lucoi? 
I mean, it's, and then you get, like, oh, it's a French pronunciation. Well, how would I know that? You know, or, oh, it's the Indian pronunciation. Yeah. R-E R with an apostrophe, or tilde, whatever, not a tilde, little accent mark. R-E-D-O-U-A-N-E, Mazari. I don't know. It's just, uh... <sighs> so that's something to look at. <laughs> and I feel for you if you have name issues and you're a listener, but it, I just think you have to be realistic. I mean, you can get upset if someone doesn't take the time to learn your name and you feel like they should, but that's like when you can't read someone's handwriting and they get pissy. Well, if it's important, write it neatly. Yeah. I love the administrators of this group. Oh, their names. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're the hardest collection of names I've ever seen. In they're all from Ontario. One inch. Do people sound like they're choking on a watermelon seed or they're trying to clear their throats when they try to pronounce your name? Welcome home, my strangely but differently named friends. <laughs> Alright, so I guess we should let it go there. By the time people hear this, we'll be uh, probably within about 48 hours. Let's say uh, one to five days of having a live show sometime. So definitely check Twitter and the Facebook page for an update. Definitely. Show note stuff for all the stuff is on uh, bombastpodcast.podbean.com and where possible on the Facebook page. Uh, you can send us an email if you want to respond to anything we said. Give us any thoughts for the live show. That's at bombastpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter as well. Uh, I'm twitter.com forward slash ultimate menace, all one word. And you're not on there as much as I'm on, I just be. don't post as much. I, it's more Fair like enough. listening. I I read more than post. Fair enough. So but That's yeah. SHC1970. If you reach out to me on there, I will, will see it and cool. respond in some form. And on the live show, everyone bring crisps or chocolate or drinks and we'll have like an end of year party I suppose <laughs> a, a sort of end of year go through the stuff that we maybe shouldn't have gone through and talk about the stuff that we've been through and bring games as well maybe you got some computer games that make noises and play them down the phone phone in as well hopefully we'll have a, a number sorted out for then and you can actually phone in on your landline which would be quite cool so yeah looking forward to it yep should be good well, we'll see you guys in a week then, one way or another. Well, thank you very much for sticking with us, and we'll see you very soon. Yep. All right. Bye. Cheers. I'm Tony Pucci, and I lost my sister Jenny to ALS. Songs for Jenny is a charity CD for ALS patient care and research. Otherwise known as Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS is a disease without a cure. The Songs for Jenny CD features my music along with guest vocalists from around the world. All proceeds from the sale of the Songs for Jenny CD will be donated to the ALS Association of America, Minnesota Chapter. To find out more and to purchase the CD, please visit www.songsforjenny.com.